Welcome to the Colby Cast, episode 185. Thank you for joining us. Pack your trunk, because today we're headed to summer camp. Even though it's the beginning of winter, it's not too early to start making plans. Josh Waddenbarger and Alyssa Wallums of the Pines Catholic Camp joined Bonnie and I today to discuss the many joys and benefits of attending a Catholic camp. Whether it's the Pines or some other camp, we hope our discussion will help you decide whether a camp experience is right for your child or your entire family and help you to choose the right camp. We hope that you'll enjoy the show. Hi there, I'm Bonnie, Colby homeschooling mom of four lads and lasses, liturgical musician, popcorn, and podcast fanatic. And this is Stephen, homeschooling father of five and director of development for Colby Academy. Hi, Stephen. When you were growing up, did you go to summer camp? I went to a summer camp once, but uh, this was before I was Catholic, and it was a scouting camp of some sort. And uh, um, I was a pretty shy young man at the time, and it was kind of a wild experience. So, um, but yes, I did go to a camp. Okay. <laughs> and I survived. Okay. You live to tell a tale. All right. That is a. Uh... Interesting. I So I went to camp, church camp, let's see, four or five years, I think, growing up. The first year was probably late elementary school. And the camp, I would probably describe it as maybe maybe rustic, would be close. It's fairly rustic. And then the other years I went to, um, that was not a Catholic camp, actually. It was a church camp, but not Catholic. Um, after that, I went to diocesan camp. And at the time, I think I, I appreciated it, but not you know, as much as a middle schooler or high schooler could. But the diocesan uh, <laughs> retreat center that we had at the time for where summer camp was held, that was pretty cush, especially, yeah, because we had air conditioning mm-hmm. cabins and it, it was still in a beautiful wooded setting and everything. We got plenty of the outdoors, still had to do the whole check your bedding for scorpions thing, but it was air conditioned <laughs> and each cabin had bedrooms with bath. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty cush. I just have to say that. So our diocese no longer has that property. But uh, I look back with great fondness at the the times I went to camp. So um, this is all setting the scene for our conversation today. We're talking about summer camp. It might seem kind of strange that it, if you're listening to this episode when it drops in late 2023 that we're talking about summer camp, but maybe not so much for those of us who are already looking at summer calendars and knowing that all the summer doings are being organized and planned now. So we've invited a couple of folks from the Pines Catholic Camp in Big Sandy, Texas to join us for our conversation today. We have with us Josh Wattenbarger and Alyssa Willems. Hello, welcome to the Colby Cast. Thank you so much. Excited to be here. Thanks, Bonnie. Yeah. So the Pines Catholic Camp, I know by reputation, a lot of folks from this area send their their youth to camp there. It is uh, within driving distance for us. A lot of repeat campers from this area here, only good things. So I'm excited to get to talk to you all today. One thing that stands out to me is a family I know who they moved across the country, like way across the country, and they still come back to camp yeah. at, mm-hmm. at the Pines. So that, that says something to me. So Tell us about yourselves, please. Joshua, we'll start with you. Tell us about yourself and a little bit about the Pines. Absolutely. So uh, I'm the new executive director. I started uh, in April of this past year, so just in time for uh, the summer season. Uh, But my experience, uh, I've been in youth and young adult and family ministry for about a decade. And then right around COVID, uh, made the transition into nonprofit operations. 
um, and work for a few different Catholic nonprofits. Uh, and about a year ago, my wife and I discerned that the Lord was calling us to a new adventure and we didn't know exactly what it was. Um, and through a, a discernment process, uh, both on our part and on the Pines part, uh, ended up here in Texas. Uh, so this summer, uh, my kids got to go to summer camp for the first time, which I'm sure we'll talk about that. And uh, we ended up making the move from the West Coast to, to Texas. So it's been it's been an adventure for us. Um, I didn't uh, I didn't grow up with uh, camping in the sense of what the Pines provides. Uh, I was I'm an Eagle Scout. And so I did a lot of uh, that type of camping. So it's a new adventure for me. Uh, my wife was a counselor at the Pines when she was in college, and both of my brother-in-laws were also counselors. So there's a family history of the Pines, um, but it's a new adventure for me. And the Pines has been around since 1988. It was a uh, parish youth minister and a pastor who wanted to do summer camp for their parish, and so they rented a local state park uh, one week out of the year, and then that quickly grew, and within a couple of years, uh, it was many parishes and a couple of different dioceses. Uh, and the decision to buy an independent location uh, in East Texas. Uh, and that purchase was done in 1988. Uh, and we have been running out of that property ever since. Um, and the first summer we started with just shy of 500 kids. Uh, this past summer, we uh, had a, almost 3,000 uh, campers for the summer. So and we run year round. So the summer camp runs for 10 weeks. We have about 300 campers per week uh, with about 120 college counselors and then probably another uh, 30 to 40 full-time staff members out there. Uh, and then throughout the year, we run retreats, uh, both for parishes um, and for other Catholic groups. Uh, and so most most weeks of the year, we're fully booked, uh, either with independent groups, Catholic groups during the school year, uh, or with the summer camps that we provide. We're actually coming to you from our Dallas office. So our camp is a little bit different in that we've got the camp out in East Texas, uh, and out there, we have our full-time programming staff, full-time maintenance, full-time food staff. Um, and then here in the Dallas office is where we have all of our administrative staff. So the executive director, uh, Alyssa, our registrar, uh, our finance, our marketing, our development all takes place in our, our administrative office. Okay, Alyssa, I'm so glad you're joining us today, too. So you're the registrar at the at, for the camp. And tell us tell us about that and about yourself. I hear you have homeschooling background, all that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yes, I, I was actually homeschooled for seven years. Um, so from first grade to eighth grade, um, and then I went into public school. So it was a kind of crazy transition for me. I, yes, um, uh, I got left behind during the first fire drill, things like that, that they just assume everyone knows. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was, I was glad to have kind of experience in both. Um, but I look very fondly back on my homeschool days. Um, so yeah. And then I was a counselor out at the pines in 2018 and then, um, God was so good. He called me back to work full time as the camp registrar after a few years in youth ministry. So, um, yeah, I kind of got to experience it from two different angles now. Um, but yeah, I deal with, um, a lot of the parent communication and helping people register their kids and, um, just running the buses, that kind of side of things of, summer camp. So it is very different than the counselor life. <laughs> so when you say just, just when you put that kind of qualifier, like this is, you're kind of, this operation <laughs> is, it's not just, it's like, this is like a big time. Yeah. Right. Like it's full time for sure. Yeah. We don't know what we would do without Alyssa. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> just want to acknowledge that like this is, um, yeah. Okay. So to that point, let's, let's talk about 
going to camp at the Pines. Can you tell us a bit about the campers' experience, their daily doings, um, the faith deepening dimensions of it, and sort of the activities, new friends, all that sort of stuff? Sure. Um, okay. So our schedule looks pretty similar, like Monday through Thursday, uh, they stay in a cabin with, uh, two counselors and there's usually between 12 to 14 kids in a cabin. Um, and so they get up and they'll have morning prayer and first breakfast, sorry, breakfast, morning prayer. And then they'll have camp chores, flag up all those kind of camp things. And then they have a lot of camp activities, which they get to sign up for um, and choose kind of what activities they want. Um, So that could be, you know, getting to go on the slide and the blob on the lake or in the swimming pool or on the zip line or playing Gaga. It's they get to choose those different activities through the day. And then sprinkled in there, we do have um, village bonding or we have um, these uh, we call them things like power club or. yeah, just different activities for that faith building. Um, I'm told that the power club is kind of similar to VBS. Um, they sing songs together. There's Bible stories. They're that kind of thing. That's more of the younger kiddos. Um, and then in the evening, we do kind of switch more into that spiritual programming. Um, we'll have adoration nights or for the high schoolers, we do have testimony nights. Um, we teach them different kind of prayers. I know this summer in the water village, our youngest village, that's usually elementary age. They were kind of talking to them about the divine mercy chaplet and kind of teaching them how to pray that. Um, and so they do, um, yeah, they bring that kind of at the end of the day to kind of wrap up the day. And then they have something we call winter circle where they circle up with their cabin and just kind of have their highs and lows and their God moments from the day. Um, and just have those kind of conversations to end the day on, um, Friday looks a little different. We call it fun fun day, uh, because it is full pack full of all the fun, the messy wars and all of that. So, yeah. Sounds like fun. So how young is your youngest are your youngest campers? And then does it go through high school? I, I'm assuming. Yeah. So we take incoming second graders all the way through high school. Okay. You have them for a full week? We have them for a whole week. So yeah. everyone shows up at the same time and stays till the till the very end. Okay. Um, now our facilities are a little different. So for the younger kids, uh, all of the younger kids are in facilities where the bathrooms are attached. And so they're not having to go out into the, to the bathhouses or anything like that. Um, and we also try to keep a higher ratio of counselors um, to campers in the younger cabins. But uh, one of the things that I love about the Pines um, that is somewhat unique is that um, all but one week, we have eighth or second graders all the way through uh, seniors in high school out on camp. And there's really a family dynamic. Uh, and so I've talked to multiple families that have, you know, that wide range, right? And they love the fact that the entire family and all the siblings get to go to camp together. Um, and they see each other. We do all of our meals still together. Uh, so thankfully, our dining hall is large enough that um, your siblings are all going to get to see each other, all the different meals. There's whole camp activities. Uh, we have something called night games every night. Um, and that is an activity that um, it's a little wild, a little crazy. It's a lot of fun, um, but it involves the entire camp playing an organized game together. Um, and there really is a family dynamic to it that um, is unique to us. Uh, there are other camps that do it, but a lot of camps are more segregated by age groups than ours. So that does sound neat. That would probably help if there were some apprehension going in that not knowing anyone, it probably helps to have those familiar faces, I would think. Absolutely. Absolutely. For a lot of parents, um, you know, that's the number one priority when they're when they're booking and they're scheduling. It's like, okay, what's the week this summer? Because you're 
especially with large Catholic families, right? Like you got kids in high school, kids in middle school, kids in elementary school, you're trying to juggle it all. Um, and parents make a priority to, okay, what is the week that everyone can go out to the pines mm-hmm. um, and spend that week together? Um, on the flip side, the parents also love it because all their kids are at camp and they kind of get a week to themselves. So yeah. it's, <laughs> time. Yeah. It's, it's a good thing for the parents too. Yeah. <laughs> so then how are requests for siblings or friends to be grouped together? How does that, how are those handled? Yeah, absolutely. So when you register, um, you have a whole uh, dashboard and account with us and there is different forms. And one of them is the camp, uh, the cabin mate request form. Um, and so we have, um, almost everyone fills one out and we try very hard to honor all those requests. Um, they are for, um, cabin mates. So you're asking for someone to stay in your cabin. Bunks are kind of first come first serve. So we do have families who try to plan to get there around the same time so that they, they can have the same bunk. (laughs) Um, and so, but yeah, it's really good. And then signing up for activities, the kiddos sign up their own activities so they can go as friend groups and sign up to for them together. Or if they decide to branch out, they can. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how we handle it. Nice. One uh, one Sunday this this summer, I was going to our local parish with my family, and in the parking lot was four or five families all on their way out to the pines who decorated their cars, went to Sunday mass together at the local parish, and we're going to make the drive and. Uh, and then get out there and wait at the gate for the gate to open. So uh, for a lot of families, um, it's more than just their own family, right? Like there's a, a whole community will end up choosing a week and going out for it, which can be really incredible. That is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, I would think it would have a, an element of uh, a lot of anticipation looking forward to it. Like if we're doing oh, this with, with our friends or, you know, or with, with friends we've made at camp last year, we're coordinating with yes. them for future years and lots to look forward to. Yeah. Well, and even, um, so we, we, we moved and my, my kids had been homeschooled for the last three years. Uh, and then we made this move. And so they did camp for the first time this summer. Uh, so I got to experience a lot of it as a, as a new parent in this whole thing. Um, and one of the things we're doing this summer is we picked a week uh, and we have friends both local, but then some of the friends that we uh, moved away from are coming and they're coming for this particular week. Um, and so it became a great opportunity for us not only to help our friends build more meaningful relationships with their local friends, but also some friends so they don't lose touch with them too. So um, there's a lot of really cool opportunities that you can do with um, with camp. Yeah. Would you speak to some concerns that campers or their parents might have about being exposed to unhealthy socialization, such as cliques or bullying, um, especially for, you know, new campers or just some of those concerns? Yeah, absolutely. Um, And the reality is that it happens, right? No matter what we try to do as a camp, um, no matter how much we foster um, a healthy Christian environment, um, there's always going to be cliques. There's always going to be little problems that that pop up. one of the things um, Alyssa and I were actually just talking about this before and we we're like, what's our, what's our staff to student ratio. And we did the math real quick and we're like, Oh man, like we, we maintain a, a two to one to three to one ratio um, of paid staff and camper. Um, and it's just kind of incredible. Like we, uh, we do our absolute best to ensure that there's always proper supervision um, and that if a situation does arise, that it's handled quickly and properly. Um, and I can tell you uh this being my first summer as executive director, uh, you know, all summer long, I've got my cell phone on me, right? Like waiting for the emergency call. And one of the best experiences of the summer for me was realizing that 99% of the time, 
I, when I've got that phone call, of like, Hey, we're going to send a kid home or we're, we're sending a counselor home or whatever. It was, there was nothing that I would change about how my staff had handled it. Um, everything had been done correctly. Uh, everything had been done proactively um, to ensure the best experience possible. And one of the things that I think is important about the attitude that we take is um, ensuring that it's a great experience for everybody. So we've had situations where um, we had a situation in the summer where a kid was bullying, right? And because of some of the circumstances, it was in the best interest for everyone to remove this child from the week. And so we had to send the child home and that whole process, it's, it's not a fun process for anyone and it is challenging, but we involve the parents immediately uh, and we, we try to make it a, um, a process that is uh, redemptive also for the child who is doing the bullying. So we had to send this child home, I think on day two or three, but ultimately worked with the parents so that this child could come back at a later week that summer. Um, and that's not always possible, right? But we wanted to work out a situation where this child could redeem their summer camp experience. Um, and so that's something that we try to do from a Christian perspective is, uh, is is look out for everybody, right? And make sure that this is a great experience for everybody. Um, I will tell you for my own kids, uh, sending my kids out was a little nerve wracking because I was like, oh man, like you guys, <laughs> like we've had a crazy couple of years. We just made this huge move. Um, I was like, I don't know how you all are going to do, right? Um, and it was such a great experience for them to work through some of their own, you know, whether it's some social anxiety or or how to relate to other people or just communication skills um, or even advocating for themselves, right? Like, I think um, when I talk to parents, you know, as a parent, one of the things that I'm always looking for for my kids is developmentally appropriate independence, right? These opportunities for my children to to learn how to speak for themselves, how to advocate for themselves, how to take on more responsibility and independence. Um, and I think that camp provides that in a beautiful way, right? Um, we were driving home from camp and and I feel this as a parent and I hear this from almost every parent I talk to, that the best part of being a parent when it comes to camp is the two hour drive back, right? Or whatever it is, right? The conversations you get to have. And um, there was a, there was so many good conversations about all the highlights, but one of the moments that was great was uh, one of my children was complaining that um, they didn't let her they didn't let her swim at all, right? Like they 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 never opened the pool. Da, 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 da. And I'm like driving, and I'm like the executive director. I was like, I know that pool was open, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> and before I can say anything, one of my other kids chimes in, and they're like, No you could have swim every day. You just weren't listening to the instructions. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, that's a great opportunity to learn that lesson. Right. And still had an incredible time, right? Like there was no bad experience at camp, but that one child did learn like, Oh, like if I'm not listening to the instructions, I'm going to miss out. Right. And that's something we can harp at home all the time. Right. But learning that in a camp situation, I think just reinforces that. Alyssa, how old were you when you were a camper and what was that like for you? Yeah, I did go to a different summer camp. It was an all girls Catholic summer camp down in Lamar, Texas. Um, and I started when I was about nine years old. Um, and so, yeah, I went with a whole bunch of my friends and my older sister and I actually went all the way from nine. I, then I was helping out and kind of serving and volunteering with them all the way until I graduated high school. So um, it was a phenomenal experience. I always look back at my camp days really well. <laughs> yeah. It seems like a, a good place to like a, a nice stepping stone on the way. If that's what we're going for. Um, so you, you mentioned that 
how full a calendar you have at the Pines. Will you tell us about the options that exist for families who have children interested in camps, but who aren't comfortable going with the, with the kids going overnight or for extended periods of time? Yeah, sure. Um, so we have several different family programs. Um, and so the first one is we have a family camp that happens in October. And so that's for the whole family to come out for camp for the weekend. Um, they get programming, they, they get to experience kind of some of the activities. Um, we don't usually open the pool at that time, but if it's warm enough, we have in the past. (laughs) Um, but yeah, they get to do the zip line, um, but their parents are there in the cabin with them all um, the whole weekend. And so it's, it is a easy stepping stone. Um, the other ones we have is we do have a mother daughter retreat and a father son retreat. Those are both in the spring, usually around spring break. Um, and so again, that's just, your parent is there with you. Um, and so it's just a little bit easier to be there at camp. Um, if it's your first time away from home, um, and it's only a weekend, so it's not that full week time. Um, we also have something called the Pines Picnic. Mm-hmm. And so this is for all our first-time camper families. Um, it is in April. So if you do have, a, or, you know, we have families who sign up and then they might be nervous. They've never been out to the Pines. They don't know how to describe it to their kids. Um, we host this event for all first-time camper families to come out for the day. And we have a meal in the dining hall together. We have mass out there at the Pines. Um, and we have cabins set up for them to come look at. And we have counselors there for them to meet and ask questions. Um, and, and some of the activities are open. They get to experience some of those activities. And so that just kind of helps with that as well, of just helping the camper get used to the Pines, familiar with it, um, see the people, know them by name. Um, and then we also are going to start having a, um, Q and a session for parents, um, that we will have some of our staff on for, um, yeah, for just all the questions to answer all of those things. Sounds good. That's great. Can everybody acclimate a little bit? Mm -hmm. We also did, uh, this is a brand new event that we did for the first time, but we did something called, we called it Pines at Your Parish. Uh, and so we brought the camp staff out to a, a parish here in Dallas, um, did a mass, brought some alumni priests out. The The Pines has, um, I think we're at 23 priests who have something. been through the Pines, either as campers or counselors. And a couple seminarians. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> um, so it, it was great. So we, we had some priests at a local parish, um, and then we brought an inflatable Gaga pit and um, some s'mores stuff and the camp store and snow just, cones, right? yeah. And just brought like the whole idea was like, let's bring camp to the parish. Um, and that was a really successful event. We're hoping to do that again and um, hoping to do one in Houston and Austin and Fort Worth. So uh, that might be available for some of uh, um, some of your listeners. Yeah. Yeah. So do you have clergy there throughout the week or do they kind of come in and out? Like what's your, do you, what's your mass schedule like? And with your clergy so, uh, presence. I'll let Alyssa t- talk about the mass schedule, but uh, we do have a chaplain every single week. Um, and most of the time that's a priest, either from the Tyler diocese or from the Dallas diocese. But then we also have um, a-, a lot of alumni priests uh, and they, they come out every year, right? Like that's their thing. They want to come back out to the pines and be a chaplain. Um, right. We also are working uh, this summer. Our goal is to have, in addition to the priest chaplain that we've always had, uh, our goal is to have um, religious sisters at every single week also this year. Um, so we're working through that right now. Yeah. yeah and we do have mass out there um, as well as some of the other sacraments. Um, so we have mass on Sunday evening um, for um, all the campers. When they first arrive, they get dinner, they get mass. Um, and it's a great kickoff to the week. 
And then we also have it on um, Friday um, morning. And so they have a daily mass on that day. Um, and then uh, there is a free period during the day for all of our campers um, and they get to go to the you know, camp store or they'll play in the pavilion, you know, basketball, all those things. But during that time, we also offer confession and it's crazy, but there is always uh, a kid over there talking to the priest um, and receiving that sacrament there at camp. Um, and then we also, like I said, the campers can register or sign up for their different activities. And one of our activities is chapel time. Um, and you'd be surprised that how many of those campers are choosing to go and spend their time in the chapel with Jesus instead of um, going for another round at the pool or um, another game of Gaga, um, that they truly do want to seek him out there at the Pines as well. Beautiful. That is one of my uh, happiest memories of that diocesan retreat center where our, where I went to summer camp is a beautiful chapel that was there it was mm. to hear. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it was really lovely. We have a, we have an awesome uh, like log cabin type uh, chapel with the Eucharist present all the time. So wonderful. up until like a year or two ago, I guess summer camps really hadn't, for whatever reason, they weren't on my radar, but for parents like me who maybe haven't even really thought of the options of, you know, this nice Catholic yep. summer mm. camp, what are, what are some of the the highlights of things that people like me should think about right away, the benefits, the, the, you know, that my child might encounter at one of these? Other than it's just a lot of fun, right? I guess. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, and I think that's something um, when I describe the what we're trying to accomplish at the Pines, uh, it's that it's all the fun of a normal summer camp, right? You know, if my kids come back from the summer and they're talking to some of their friends who went to a secular summer camp, right? And they're comparing notes, right? Like the Pines has everything that you'd want in a summer camp experience, right? And then a whole lot more. Um, and that is... That is the sacraments. Uh, it is uh, the priests and chaplain who are on campus. It is uh, the Catholicity just woven through every aspect of what we do. Um, and one of the things as a parent, so I, I spent a decade in youth ministry um, and now on this side of it with kids, uh, I I can't, I just find it so valuable that my kids are getting to experience a week with a with their peers who are, coming to know and love Jesus in a deeper way. But just as important is seeing all of these counselors, right? All of these high school students, all of these uh, college counselors, and then all of the staff, right? Like they they see all of this and all of a sudden they're dropped in this place with about 300 peers are all who are having an incredible time and loving the church and Jesus. But then there's about 150 staff members who they think are the most incredible people ever, right? Like so much cooler than their parents. Um, and and they all love Jesus and they're talking about their faith experience. Um, and that's something that we work with our counselors to uh, during what we call winter circle, which is the the small group time at the end of the night um, or the end of the day, right? Like to, to share about their own faith journey, um, to share tes testimonials. Um, and then obviously it's that faith element is woven in throughout the day. Uh, throughout our programming. And so I think for me, um, it it was such a great experience for my kids to have a wonderful time to gain um, some independence, um, to be brave and courageous, uh, learn a little grit. Mm -hmm. um, you know, one of my children had a, had a rough time at first, right? And uh, so I joked with my wife, I was like, hey, for this week, we're just parents. I was like, I'm not doing a camp visit this week. We're not making any special phone calls. We're going to experience this just as parents. 
And uh, my wife was totally on board until about Wednesday of camp week. And she's like, can you just call someone? And I was like, I was like, no, I was like, if something was wrong, trust me, they would call me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I got to experience the whole, the, you know, like the anticipation and a little bit of the anxiety, right. Of being away from your kids. Um, and afterwards I found out that one of my kids, uh, really struggled with homesickness, but, and not, not enough that I needed a phone call. And I appreciated that, but our st- our staff, one of her counselors was able. And so for the, for the first two dinners, um, instead of being in the dining hall, it was super loud and noisy. They just went and had dinner, just the, my counselor and my daughter on the front porch of the dining hall. Um, we have this beautiful porch overlooking uh, our lake. And just to give my daughter some quality time and just to kind of be able to rest a little bit and not be in the rambunctious dining hall with 500 people. Right. Um and she was fine, right? After by day two, she was she felt comfortable and she was good to go for the rest of the week. Uh, and even that was something that I truly appreciated. Like, hey, like she now knows that she can she can do this, right? Like when she's homesick somewhere or she feels nervous in a situation, like she is better equipped now to navigate that than she was before camp. Mm-hmm. Um, so for for me as a parent, I. Uh, it has been an incredible experience, both from a faith, but also just from a, uh, my children growing up and, and being better human beings. So that's that sounds really lovely. I mean, I know like with in Colby, we've got a community of people, but oftentimes our, our students are coming together on an intellectual sort of I mean, it's it might be in our theology class or whatever. Especially, yeah, and we have a lot of people who are kind of isolated. You know, yeah. there's not a lot of faithful Catholics around them. So what a wonderful experience for someone to to see that not only that they're part of something bigger, that there are other people like them out there, but I, I love that uh, that kind of lived faith that, mm-hmm. that you're talking about the in developing that that sort of um, yeah, that relationship with our Lord through and being supported with other people who are who are interested in growing. Yeah, that, that would be that so there's there's that's a pretty significant reason. Yeah. I yeah. <laughs> can yeah. see that. It was definitely my experience. I grew up in a small town, very few Catholics in my class. And it, so to go to summer camp and other diocesan events where there were a whole lot more folks like me, that really, that was a big benefit for me. Yeah. But it's a small taste of the bigger church, mm-hmm. uh, which is one of the, the most beautiful parts about being Catholic, right? Is that universality of it. Um, and I think that for my kids, camp is can't maybe the best way they experience that right now in their life, right? Like as they get older, there'll be bigger events that they go to conferences or world youth day or things like that. But I think at this point in their life, their experience of the, the breadth and the diversity of the church is, is probably most exemplified at camp right now. Um, and that's a pretty cool experience as a parent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, My one child that did go off to camp, um, that was like her highlight of the whole camp was they had an adoration and mm-hmm. she said, there's just this new sort of, you know, in the dark after at the end yeah. of the day with the, there were other campers who were all concerned, well, not all of them were concerned about their faith. Some were, and some were interested, but just that direct, our Lord exposed in adoration was, she said, that was just the most amazing part, even above all the yeah. activities and such. But um, it's funny for me to reflect on this, but um, so I was not, a, unfortunately, I was not a camper at the the Pines as a kid, but going into freshman year of high school, I did um, a backpacking trip with, um, through the Boy Scouts at Philmont with some priests and seminarians. And, um, you know, one of the nights we did adoration, like out in the, you know, 
backpacking out in the woods, right? And it was a pivotal experience for me, right? Like you're you're out here. I was it was a ten day trek, um, and I'm kind of off on my own without my parents, and I'm doing hard things, right? Um, and learning about my faith and being challenged in it. And I remember uh, ending one of the nights with adoration, um, and it became it was actually a beautiful moment for me. I I remember sitting there in adoration and really wrestling with our beliefs in the true presence of Christ, right? Like, Mm. and really wrestling with it. And I actually left adoration early and went back to my tent. And the next morning, uh, one of the seminarians uh, had noticed that and we're at the campfire cooking breakfast and he just like brings up a conversation about it. And I'm like, well, I don't, I don't know if I really believe that like da da da. And he, you know, whips out his Bible and we start talking about John six and the bread of life discourse. Right. And that was the pivotal moment that shifted my own view of the Eucharistic presence. Uh, And I think that, you know, even though we don't do backpacking at the Pines, there is something special about our kids coming out of the the normal day-to-day, the influences of of all the things that are their normal, right? And going and doing something special and getting to encounter Jesus with all these people that they come to love and respect Mm -hmm. Um, and they're like, oh, like this is bigger than just me. And this is bigger than just my family. Um, and it's not uncommon that we have kids that uh, not only is that a reinforcing experience for them, but sometimes it gives them the freedom to make to question, right? In a way that they might not always feel free to do in their normal circles. Uh, and to be able to ha- have those questions uh, and then have our staff and our counselors to be there to be like, hey, like let's walk through that, right? Like Let's talk about why the church teaches that or or what it means to believe that in our daily life. Um, and I know for me as a now being on this side of it as a parent, uh, that is what I hope for, right? I hope that whenever one of my children is in a place of questioning their faith or, or taking on ownership of their faith, that I can provide these environments where I can completely step back as a parent and trust that the Lord is going to take care of them, right? And there's going to be the right people there to guide and answer those questions um, as they grow in maturity in their faith. I hadn't really, as you were saying this, I was just thinking, wow, what a what a great thing as you're when you're bringing together the friendship and then the friendship worshiping together or coming to know our Lord better, where a third, a third person, well, three people, okay, so more than three people, Um, (laughs) but another another God is there with the people, and how how that changes what even just the orientation of of the of a friendship. It's not just you two interacting, but there's a, that that's really, I have to, I have to think more about that. That's, that's <laughs> lovely. Though. I, yeah. yeah. And I think in all those relationships with those peers, with those friends, but then also with um, our Lord, there's just this more intentionality that kind of just has to happen because we're at a camp. Mm. Um, we don't have cell phone usage. Yeah. Like we don't let the campers have their cell phones. Um, and so they are having to have those face-to-face conversations um, or, you know, they're eating meals together yeah. and um, they, and then same with, you know, we, we do put them in front of the Eucharist. And, you know, I remember talking to those little seven-year-olds and sometimes it was like, okay, we're going to go to adoration. They didn't know what it was. And sometimes I was like, okay, well, you're going to go in and they're like, well, what if I get bored? And I was like, well, you're going to have a staring contest. You're going to have a staring (laughs) contest with Christ. You're going to look them in the face. Don't blink first. (laughs) Um, But sometimes that was, they would come out and just have a beautiful experience from that is just because they were solely focused on who was in Mm. front of them. And I think that is also just part of camp is you, you're having to be intentional for that week of who's in front of you. 
I think, um, you know, I sometimes forget to mention this because my kids are too young to do it, but we do have, you know, we have a zip line, right? We have a lake. We, uh, this past summer just opened um, this massive high adventure park, right? Um, and it, it's high adventure, right? Like I, <laughs> this past summer, I took the board members on it and it is this three tier kind of choose your own adventure obstacle course that uh, on the top tier, you're probably about 50 feet up in the air, right? And it's, um, it's challenging, right? Like it's a little, like you get up there and even though I know I'm completely safe and strapped in, I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so we provide these opportunities, not only for faith development, but just also personal development of like, hey, you're going to do things that are going to scare you here and you're going to be successful and you're going to be courageous and you're going to have a community that comes around you and encourages you mm-hmm. and and celebrates those victories for you. So. I was going to ask later about the counselor opportunities, but it seems like a, a pretty good time to talk about that. And yeah, absolutely. Uh, so tell us about the opportunities for would-be counselors. It seems like something that our, our older Colby students, maybe eventually, or Colby alumni might be interested in. What Could you tell us a bit about that aspect of it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it kind of starts with our counselors and trainings. We call them CITs. So any incoming seniors can go and apply to be a CIT. Um, applications are already open this year. We already have people who are very excited and looking forward to that because they, they, you know, they watched other CITs or, you know, they were campers who saw those CITs. Um, and they, um, they spend a week out at camp just getting to be campers. And then they have the next week, they get placed in cabins um, with other counselors and younger kids, and they get to be a counselor in training and kind of learn what that looks like. Um, but it's not an entire summer commitment. Um, and then the other part after that, we have something called SWAT. Um, I believe it's serving with a task is the acronym. <laughs> uh, our SWAT staff members are usually um, graduated seniors and going into freshman year of college. And so they are doing the background tasks around camp. Um, And so they do a lot of the getting messy wars ready or um, setting up night games or, you know, all those different things that they are running the things behind the scenes. But they also build such good community together. Um, They stay in a cabin together and they really work on those intentional friendships and community um, and support the counselors and the other staff as needed. Um, And then um, our counselors are college students. So anyone who is in college can apply um, or at that age range um, and they apply and they can work in all our age groups. We have water, which is that elementary age, um, and then a branch village, which is just middle school and fire village, which is our high school. um, And they um, can be placed in any of those age groups. Uh, we also have something called SPOPs, which is special ops. Um, and those are our comms team or our um, health center team. And those are also, you know, college age students who are coming in and kind of specializing into those different areas and supporting staff. Maybe, you know, their skills are more, they like to fly drones instead of working with elementary age kids, <laughs> um, but they still have that love for the pines and that love for the mission. Um, and they come in and do those kind of things. Wow. Yeah. I was gonna say with the spops, uh, a lot of people that I've run into that are nurses now, or they're in marketing as a career, they're like, "Oh yeah, I was I was on the health center team when I was at the at the Pines, or uh, I was a marketing major, so I went and did the comms team when I was up there." So uh, there's a lot of really incredible opportunities uh, for our staff. We also have a, a year-round missionary program. So 
Uh, we have uh, eight full-time missionaries that serve with us all school year. Um, and a lot of, sometimes these are individuals that have never been to the Pines before. Uh, they just come for the school year side of it. But also a lot of times it's individuals who have been campers or counselors. Um, and they spend a year living on site with us. We provide health insurance and a stipend um, and room and board. And uh, they help put on all the retreats uh, and they go through a very intentional formation process. Um, and we're actually, we don't have any promises for next year, but uh, we are hoping to partner with the university that we have some conversations with to be able to offer a master's degree program as part of uh, working with us in our full-time missionary capacity. So lots of opportunities as well. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So this all sounds fantastic. So for those who might not be able to make the trek to the pines if they are just a little bit beyond or far, far beyond the uh, <laughs> getting to big Sandy. What would you say to those who are looking yeah. at other summer camps? How might they vet them? Uh, what m- questions might they have for the administrators or staff, yeah, or even if they know some returning campers, what red flags to look for that sort of thing. If as they're vetting camps within uh, striking distance of wherever they are. Absolutely. Um, so so knowing what I know now, right? Like if I if I no longer worked here, we no longer lived in Texas, and I was going to send my kids to camp. Um, I think one of the things I would ask, uh, and there's not there's not a right answer to this, but I think it's helpful to know is what type of camp is it, right? Like is this a camp that is part of a national organization, and this is one of their branches? Uh, is this an independent regional camp, which is what the Pines is? Um, is this a diocesan camp, or is this a camp that's run by a religious order? Uh, I think. Um, a lot of people wouldn't necessarily think to ask that type of like corporate governance question, but I think it's important to kind of know who you're interacting with and who oversees it, right? Um, do they have a healthy board of directors that are making sure that all the policies and procedures are, are being followed? Uh, I think the next series of questions that I would ask um, would be about accreditation. Um, so just like, you know, just like the education system in schools, there's an accreditation system for camps, right? Uh, and so there's the ACA, which is the American Camp Association, which the Pines has been an active member of since our founding. Um, and that involves standards that we have to meet every single summer. Uh, and then an on-site accreditation visit, I believe, every four to five years. Uh, our next one will be next year, right? Um, we also have to meet state standards. Um, and so you can call any state and ask uh, how the last visit was. Uh, in Texas, we get um, a state inspection every single summer. Uh, to ensure that we're meeting all the health and safety guidelines. Um, There's also the Christian Camp and Conference Association, which is like a Christian version of the ACA that we also belong to. Uh, And I think, you know, some camps choose not to. Uh, Technically, you don't have to belong to these governing bodies. Uh, I think it's important to ensure that you know that there's certain standards that are being met. Um, Once you get past those big level questions, I think you kind of get to some of the more granular questions of, what are your policies around safe environment? Like, how are your, how are your staff, specifically your summer counselors, how are they vetted? How are background checks done? How are you implementing safe environment policies? What is the ratio of camper to staff member, um, both in the cabins and then at the camp as a whole, right? Um, so we're able to boast a, a two to one or a three to one as the camp staff. But even more important than that, you know, in the cabins, it's a five to one or a six to one, um, which we think is also really important. Uh, one of the questions that I, I think is a great like inside baseball question to ask is what is your counselor turnover every summer? So how many counselors are you sending home by the time the summer is over? And 
the ballpark answer that you're looking for might surprise some people, right? So obviously most people will be like, yeah, like I don't want a camp that's like, yeah, we sent 50% of our counselors home for behavioral issues, right? Like that's that's a red flag. But I would also have issues um, if I was talking to a camp and I was like, how many counselors did you send home last summer? And they're like, oh, we didn't send any home. They're all great. I would say as, as an executive director of a camp, my first thought is then your standards must be pretty low because we do a really good job of vetting our staff. And unfortunately, we still have to send, send staff home every summer um, because they're not meeting our standards. Um, so I think that hearing what they would answer that question can kind of give you an insight of like, okay, like what standards are you holding your staff to um, when you're caring for my children, right? Um, and then I think there's the basic questions of, of walking through a schedule, asking how they incorporate their faith into the different elements mm-hmm. of the camp. Um, some of the questions you asked us, right? Like, do we have a chaplain on property? Um, I think that that's a really important thing. Um, and that's hard to do. Uh, and not every camp is able to do that. Um, I'm trying to think, what else? I had a parent who told me that she loved our camp because they they were told to pack a Bible and then the kids actually do- took it out of their trunk and <laughs> opened it. Um, and so maybe asking them, like, will the Bibles come out of the trunk um, yeah. or the duffel bag or, you know, something along those lines of like, oh, well, well, well we need to pack a Bible um, that can also kind of gauge the faith um, in integration to the camp. Yeah. Um, okay. And, and, and you can always ask to speak to a family who sent their kids to the camp mm-hmm. before. Um, And from food, uh, a question that I get all the time is special dietary needs. Um, And that's something we take really seriously at our camp. So as a father who has children with all sorts of food concerns, that's huge for me because it's a, you send them off to camp, they're very busy and doing all this stuff, but then during the time that you're trying to complete your Yeah. yeah. Hospitality is a, is a big priority for us. That's neat. Well, it all sounds great. As we're, as we're coming to the close of our time together, would you say a few words about homesickness, handling that, maybe prepping kids in advance and also how, maybe how y'all handle it there? Any words that uh, might, might want to leave us a, leave with us about that whole topic? Absolutely. And homesickness is a, is a big deal. Um, I'll talk a little bit from a parent's perspective, then I'll let Alyssa talk a little bit more from a counselor's perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things before I get free to mention this that we do recommend, uh, we provide bus transportation from a lot of, from Dallas and sometimes Houston and sometimes Austin. And one of the things that we've come to notice is that young campers who this is their first year, we recommend that they don't use the bus service. We actually recommend that parents drive them out for their first summer. Um, and as you can imagine that, uh, just helps with homesickness a lot for mom and dad and also for mom and dad to get to see the property and, and be there too. Um, but that was a homesickness was a huge concern for us. Um, our kids, uh, I mean, I think our kids had, other than like grandparents had only ever spent the night at someone's house once. Um, and here we are, like we moved to Texas and it was literally three weeks after we we were staying with friends and moved into our house while our kids were at camp. So, I mean, just all this change. And that was a huge concern for my wife. And I was like, okay, is this, I mean, like we want our kids to do camp, but is this the right decision? And one of the things we did as a parent, um, and I have to give my wife a lot of credit for this. She kind of was the one who orchestrated this, like for, for weeks leading up to camp, we just had open conversations about camp. And so we talked about like, Oh, like, 
you know, in camp, you're going to be staying in a bunk, right? What do you think that's going to be like? Um, and a lot of open-ended, a lot of wondering questions um, so that we're not telling them it's going to be okay. I mean, ultimately that's where the conversation ends up, but helping them kind of work through, oh, what, what are some new experiences that might be uncomfortable for me that I'm going to have to need to think through, right? Um, and just kind of talking through that and, and talking about like, well, you know, if you have a problem, how can you ask about this? Or who do you need to talk to if this comes up? Um, and some of that's going to be unique to each child, but just kind of that role playing can also be really powerful for them. Like, oh, if it's the middle of the night and you have a problem, uh, go wake up your counselor. They'll be sleeping in one of these beds, right? Um, another thing that we did that was helpful, uh, there are two things that I don't encourage. Uh, don't let your kids pack their bag by themselves and also don't pack their bags for them. Because um, sometimes what happens is when parents pack the bags without the kids' involvement, the kids actually don't know what's in their bag. Um, and now here's you know here's the best thing about camp: if you send your kid to the pines, I guarantee if they're not packed with something, if something happens to their luggage, we will ensure that they have absolutely everything they need. But the number of times that I hear stories of parents packed it, but kids didn't know it was there, so they said they didn't have it, right? Um, and especially for children who might struggle with some anxiety. Uh, I think it can be a really great thing to sit down with them and take, you know, an hour with the packing list in their bag and like pack everything with them and show them where everything's going to be in their bag um, can be really, really helpful. Uh, and I think that a lot of that preparation and just kind of taking your time and going back through things with them um, enables them to be successful um, and minimizes the chances of homesickness or if they do get homesickness, feeling comfortable mm -hmm. Um you know, even with all the preparation we did, one of my children still struggled with homesickness, right? Um, and I'm thankful that the counselors, I'm thankful that we did all the prep that we did, but then also the counselors were there to kind of help her and encourage her uh, to overcome that. So yeah. do you want to talk about from a counselor's perspective? Yeah, for a counselor's perspective. So we did in our counselor training, we did go over how to deal with homesickness and just kind of what are the different techniques and different things we could do to help with that. And the number one time uh, that kids get homesick is usually at nighttime when they're going to bed um, that, or, you know, there's just certain things. Meal times um, was another big one. Um, certain things they normally do with their family. Um, that mm -hmm. that's when they'll start thinking about their family and getting homesick. And so we were taught, you know, just to really help them anticipate the moment and be excited about like what's happening here. Acknowledge, you know, like, oh, you miss your mom, you miss your dad. Um, sometimes you can ask them like, hey, tell me a little bit about your family, but sometimes that makes them more homesick. So just turning them to like, hey, what activities did you sign up for this afternoon? Mm -hmm. Or um, one game I played with the campers a lot was let's guess what's for breakfast tomorrow. Um, and sometimes the whole cabin would get in on it. And of course, you know, I'm there for 10 weeks. I know what's breakfast. <laughs> but we we would all like, kind of play what is for breakfast tomorrow. And we'd all guess. And then the next morning they're running to the dining hall to go see who was right. Um, and so that kind of gives them that anticipation for tomorrow that they're, they're going to bed and it's just kind of a little bit of a distraction um, and just getting them to, to that. Um, and so that, yeah, that was one of the best ways I found as a counselor to kind of help with that homesickness. Um, kind of on the prepping for camp and packing side of things, there's a couple different things. Um, I would say, one of the things to just make sure you do with your kiddos, especially the younger kids, um, is 
kind of going through the list and the the schedule and mm. knowing that they can do all those things. Um, showering for once we, d- we don't have bathtubs. Um, I had a seven-year-old girl who came to camp and she'd never taken a shower. She always mm. took baths. And so I had to stand outside her shower and just kind of walk her through the process, which is fine. You're, the counselors know to do that. They can help your campers with that, but that can just sometimes be really hard for the camper to admit. Um, and so, yeah, just being aware of what, what is kind of things they need to be able to do. Um, so that is definitely one of them. Um, and then packing, I would say, um, labeling everything Mm. is a big thing. Uh, It is camp. Things get lost, left behind, um, misplaced, borrowed. Um, and so just having your name in your campers things really helps it helps us to get it back to you. Um, and I would even suggest sending them with a marker or a Sharpie or something. Cause they, there's a camp store and a lot of campers will buy things and then leave those things. <laughs> and we don't know whose it is at all yeah, uh, because, yeah. you know, there's 50 of those running around now. Um, and so, yeah, just so when they buy a shirt, go ahead and just put their name in it. Um, and things like that to just make sure everything gets back to you guys. Um, and then another suggestion we just make to people packing their campers is, um, putting the labeling Ziploc bags, you know, Monday through, or yeah, Monday through Saturday and packing your kids clothes for the day in a Ziploc bag. Um, because when they're going to the bathhouse or whatever, you know, it's, it's easy to just grab, Oh, this is the bag I need for my clothes for the day. Um, and just go instead of, Oh, what all do I need? Oh. And then, you know, we're in the bathhouse and they're like, Oh, I forgot socks. I forgot underwear. I need to go back to the cabin. Um, so that just does help everything run a little bit more smoothly. Um, and again, just kind of helps the camper not be embarrassed or sometimes not advocate for themselves, you know, like, Oh, I forgot socks. I just won't wear them. Um, so (laughs) yeah, it it is true. And again, just helping your camper know, go to the counselors. Um, the counselors can't help with problems they don't know. Um, I had a mom contact me this summer and say, Hey, can someone please go tell my camper that he needs to change clothes. He's worn the same shirt. I'm seeing pictures from Thursday. I he's in the same shirt every, every day. <laughs> um, let him know he has more clothes. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, we, but the, you know, the counselors, we, we needed to give them a heads up and like, let them know, or, you know, he, he didn't know he had more clothes or there was a kid who the mom contacted me. Hey, we forgot to pack a shampoo. Somebody please let his counselor know. Cause he will not. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, just l- encouraging them. Hey, tell your counselors if you're missing anything or if you're homesick or, you know, whatever problem that is, um, just so the counselors can help. They're, they're pretty good at picking up on some things, but some things they can miss. Yeah. Hey, sounds like a great time. And it sounds like a, an ideal opportunity for students who have not had a lot of experience being in larger social settings. This is like a, a great opportunity to take those steps and in, in, in a, an environment that is set up for them to do well with that and, and go on from there. So, yeah. Um, and registration is, has been open for this coming summer. Uh, we are over two thirds full. Um, so we'll probably be full. We're anticipating being full somewhere um, end of January, February. Uh, but one of the good things for homeschooling families is the last week that fills is our week 10 um, because it's the first week of August. Is that right? Mm-hmm. So it's um, for kids who are going back to uh, public school. It's not a particularly great week schedule wise, uh, but it can be a great week for homeschooling families. So um, if you have any families, Colby families that are interested, uh, we would love to have them out of the pines this summer.
it would be a neat, neat place to meet Kobe friends far and wide. Our, we have Kobe Absolutely. students all over the world. So um, if some of them end up at the Pines, we'd love to hear about that. Or other camps. We we know that our Kobe students meet up with each other over the summer in various places and love to hear about it. But definitely if we have some campers, it'd be fun to hear about the adventures they have. Absolutely. So uh, we'd love for folks to report back on that. Anything I didn't get to that you'd like to say before we... This might be out of place, but I just really love that you have that wide range of ages and different groups of kids because like my kid my my children are used to dealing with they enjoy you know doing things yeah. with the youngest and the their their next one older the next one younger and that would that would just be reassuring to at least have those meal times and places where it's like oh here's the like my little brother you're the you're the same age as my little brother you're yeah. you know whatever i really like that i think that's that that's a a really nice thing mm-hmm uh, my kids, um, I mean, so my kids saw each other, they were in the same village, so they saw each other a lot. Um, but even with that, they, uh, made, they, they made a deal that at paradise time, they would meet outside the camp store. And so that was like their daily check-in together <laughs> that they completely orchestrated themselves, right? Like they would go get ice cream and then come and hang out at the camp store in front of it and talk about how their day had been so far, mm-hmm. which was, uh, you know, heartwarming as a parent, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad we got to visit with you guys today. It's really been a, a lot of fun. It sounds like a fantastic, fantastic place. Um, thank you so much, Josh and Alyssa, for coming to talk to us today. Yeah. You're welcome. Thank you. Subscribe to the Colby Cast on your favorite podcast app so that you don't miss an episode. And let us know how we're doing by leaving a rating or a review. And as always, feel free to email us at podcast at colby.org. Mary, our mother, pray for us. St. Maximilian Kolbe, pray for us. Ad maiorem Dei Gloriam.